Every week we have uh, prayer cards. We have folks who fill out different prayer cards with different needs, and I've got a whole stack of them in my hand, and some of these uh, have very serious things on them, like cancer, and there's one with about 20 names of people on it. We've got some uh, talk about divorce and a lot of, lot of stuff going on. So we're going to pray over these as a, as a church. But if you're here and you would say, I, I could use some prayer. I didn't fill out one of those cards, but, but I got some stuff going on in my life. I could use someone to pray for. Just slip up your hand. just want to see who we're praying for. There's hands all over this room. Let's pray. Father, we sing that you're holy because we know only a holy God could meet all these needs. So I pray, Father, that you would be the God that heals broken bodies, that you would be the God that restores relationships, Father. You would be the God that, that uh, provides what your people need. Would you be the God that creates opportunities, Lord, for your people? We put all of these things in your hands knowing that you can do it. We trust you and we love you, Father. And I pray now that you would speak to us through your word, that you would change our hearts and start with mine. We don't want to leave here the same way we got here, so make us more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As you're seated, would you look at the person next to you and say, you love God more than the Broncos. Go ahead. Go ahead and say that. <laughs> or you've given up on them already. You know what I mean? Like, so we're, we're doing a couple of the things that, that, that I love to do, a couple of my favorite things. One is we have some folks getting baptized today. So if you're getting baptized, if you're planning on getting baptized, I'm going to go ahead and uh, dismiss you right now to go ahead and you're going to head back through that door right there. There's some folks back there that are going to meet you. They're going to help you get all set up and then you can come join us for the rest of the service and uh, it's going to be fantastic. So if you're getting baptized, go ahead and head back. And then also, um, we have a couple more scholarships to give away. We do here at Mosaic, we, we love to not only help people find Jesus, we also love to help them elevate their place in life. And so one way is through education. And so we fund a number of scholarships every year. And we did how many a few weeks ago? Do you know? So we did four. We have two more today. So I'm going to invite uh, Betsy Valdez if she'll come on up. And I'm going to invite Christian Chavez. You guys here? Christian and Betsy. Here comes Betsy. She was greeting in the foyer. Congratulations, but thank you. We're going to get Betsy up here. We'll take a quick picture. Lisa, will you take a picture? <laughs> there you go. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you all. Also, uh, this week's Connect Group started. If you didn't sign up for a Connect Group last week, you can go on our website, click Connect Groups. We have 26 different groups this semester. They're eight weeks long, and there is something for everyone. So if you haven't signed up yet, sign up today. Uh, mine is starting tonight, Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu, and we are going to choke people out in the name of Jesus Christ. All right? So it's going to be fun. Okay. And then um, that's it.
that amazing? The, the, we have a very simple message today. I'm going to talk about the domino effect. And the thing that I hope you go home with uh, is the, the, there's one idea I want to share with you. One small decision can have long-reaching effects. So I remember when I was a kid, uh, we had a set of dominoes, and I didn't know how to play with them. I didn't know how to play the game. So all I would do is we'd get these dominoes, and we would set them up, one, and then we would, we would tap one, and it would knock them all down. Did anybody else ever do that? So I found these incredible videos on, on YouTube of people doing this, and I found a video of a lady, and she did it in her apartment, and she set up 18,000 dominoes. It took her 24 days to do this. This is the result. Isn't that amazing? The chain reaction that's caused when she tapped one domino and it just starts all of these other things happening. I saw this uh, same idea in a video I saw this week. Now, before I show it to you, it's a, it's a guy, he's driving a forklift in a warehouse. Some of you can see where this is going already, all right? Now, before I show it to you, you need to know he was fine, okay? So just so you know, he's, the guy was okay, all right? Watch what happens when he touches one corner of one shelf. There's no sound on the video, so. Oh, it's not over. One small decision can have far-reaching effects. I think they're hiring a forklift driver there. Not sure. I think they might be hiring. So he sat under that pile for eight hours, but he was fine. Okay, afterwards he was fine, right? Now, that, our lives can kind of be like that. Sometimes something good happens, and it sets a chain of events into place and a chain reaction of good things that happen in our lives. And consequently, sometimes a bad thing happens, 
and it sets a chain reaction. And oftentimes, we are the ones that start it all. It's a decision that we make that sets all of these things into, and, and, and now we, we, we all kind of live our lives setting up our own little sets of dominoes, and we, we, we do it. Now, I made, a, I'm, I made this big domino yesterday, so hopefully it, it changes your life. Okay, so, so we, we do this in our lives. We set up a domino. We say, well, if I, if I study really hard and I work hard and, 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 and I study and I do well in school, then maybe I'll get a good job and, and then maybe I'll get promoted and, and I'll start getting paid well and then maybe some woman somewhere is going to want to marry me and then maybe we'll have some kids. And then and, and our lives, we kind of set them up with these ideas in place of these dominoes that are going to get knocked down. But what if there's more to the story of your life than just your little set of dominoes? What if instead of just focusing on your dominoes, what if, what if the dominoes that you set up actually are connected to the people's dominoes around you and those are connected to other people's and eventually those dominoes that you've set up touch not only the people in this area or in this city but in northern Colorado? What if your dominoes actually cover the entire world? So there's this idea, it's a chaos theory, called the butterfly effect, and the idea in its simplest form is that if a butterfly flaps its wings on one side of the earth, that it sets a chain reaction in that it could eventually result in a hurricane on the other side of the earth. I don't know if that's really true, but it's the same idea of this chain reaction of one thing happening, and then it just goes. And we see this demonstrated in the life of Jesus. So he starts it off in John chapter 10, verse 17, so therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. So Jesus says, I'm doing this first act of laying down my life. So Jesus lives a perfect sinless life, walks the earth, never does anything wrong, never says even a single cuss word, never cut anyone off and gave him the bird, never did any of that. He lives a perfect life. He's crucified, murdered, an innocent man, gives his life. Why does he do this? So that he can take it up again. Why does he do that? Here's why, John 20. These scriptures were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So Jesus says, I'm the first domino, and then I'm doing this so that you may believe, and then that by believing, you may have life. Do you see that progression? But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with us. Look what Mar Matthew says. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So now it's Jesus, us, and then them. People around us seeing what God has done in our lives and then giving glory to God. And then they find life. There's a progression. So if you're going to rewrite this, now I'm not rewriting the Bible, so don't freak out, okay? But it could say this. It could, Jesus talking, saying, I may take up my life so that you may have life, so that they may glorify your Father in heaven, so that they may have life. Maybe God's plan is bigger than our little set of dominoes, even here in northern Colorado. But God is inviting us maybe to be a part of his plan, which is much larger and affects people around us. So Jesus has this interaction with his disciples. He's hanging out with his friends, and this happens kind of illustrates this. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food that you, to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? So they're like, hey, Jesus, you know, 
we got Big Macs, so have one, right? So when we wing it, and he goes, I already have food that you don't know about. So then they're like, what, what food? Did someone go to the taco truck and not tell anybody? Because you guys do that all the time. You go to the taco truck, you never tell me, you never bring me any, right? So they're having this conversation. And then Jesus jumps in. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. In other words, Jesus says, my plan is about more than just my little set of dominoes. It's about doing the work that God sent me to do. And it's about everybody's dominoes. And then look what he says. He says, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest, but I'm telling you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. In other words, he's saying, guys, look, there's so much chaos around you. There are so many people all around us who are hurting and have no hope. And he says, I want you to focus on them, not just your little set of dominoes, but what can you do to bring hope and healing to the people around us? That's Jesus is inviting us to focus on. So Diane and I, uh, my wife Diane and I, we travel a lot, mostly because uh, I'm speaking, and so I'm often, if I'm not here, I'm most likely preaching at some other church. And people have asked me, um, why don't you tell us when you're doing that? And here's why. It's not you guys, but it's mostly the people in the 9, 9.30 service. Um, if, if I'm not preaching, then they won't come. And so I never tell anybody when I'm preaching because we bring in, we vet the, the people who are speaking. We bring some amazing speakers, and our staff are amazing communicators. So it's never about me. It's all about the message. So anyway, uh, we, we travel a good bit, and we've, I know sometimes people hear that pastors have private jets or fly first class, and I want you to know that your boy flies southwest. All right, that's what we use, the cheapest and a frequent flyer, Southwest, baby. So, um, so on Southwest, if you fly Southwest, you know that you get on the plane and then you just pick whatever seat you want, right? The first available, just take it. And so I always pick the first open aisle seat. That's where I like to sit for a few reasons. Number one, um, if I have to go to the bathroom, I don't have to climb over anybody. I can just get up and go. And your boy's 51, so, you know, that's always... Uh, anyway, so, um, and then two... I can see the drink cart coming and the pretzel people, you know. I don't want to miss that. I, don't, I, want, I want my pretzels and my Diet Coke, all right? Number three, I like to get out of the plane first. I want to be the first one out. Do you ever land in a plane and then everyone stands up and you're like, brother man, you're in the 31st row. You can sit down. It's going to be a minute, you know what I mean? But okay, whatever, right? Well, I like to get out because I want to get back to my set of dominoes and I want to do what I'm doing. I want to get to the next thing. So this last time we flew, uh, Diane, we, we got in the plane, and she says, let's sit in the front row. And I was like, okay. Uh, so, so we get in the front row, and someone was already sitting in my seat, in, in the aisle seat. And I felt like I could take him, you know what I mean? But I just, okay. So, so I ended up having to sit by the window. And I haven't sat by the window in years. And it was the best because I'm looking out the window. I saw the Rocky Mountains. I got to see the clouds. It was beautiful. The time passed so fast because I was focused on something else besides my own little set of dominoes. That's what Jesus is inviting us here. He's saying it can't just be about you. Look around and look at the people around you. It would be easy for us to be a church that's content with our aisle seat and our dominoes. Us four and no more. Let's just worry about us. I want you to know that we started this church not for the people in it, but for the people who are still outside 
We exist for people who are far from Jesus, and we're going to do everything we can short of sinning to get them in the boat. That's why we exist. So how do we do this? Let me share with you, because if I said, okay, so, so go share the gospel at work, all right? If I did that, you'd be like, I don't know how to do that, right? Let me show you a very easy way that it's mapped out in the Bible for anybody to share what God has done in their life. So Jesus and his disciples, we're going to go to John chapter 9, and uh, they meet a man who was born blind. And the disciples start asking questions. They start saying, okay, whose fault is it that this guy's blind? Is it, is it his fault? Was it his parents? And Jesus skips past all of that. And this is where the story picks up. Jesus says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. There are some things in the Bible that confuse me. This is one of them, right? Like, Jesus, you didn't have any holy water? You couldn't have just used like a little, you know, abracadabra and boom you know what i mean now there's throughout the bible we see examples of jesus just saying words and he suspends the law of physics does miracles and heals people and does all this amazing stuff raises people from the dead with his words but for some reason he doesn't do that here now i imagine i think about this guy imagine this blind guy he doesn't see what's going on obviously he's blind right so he's probably heard of jesus and heard that Jesus heals blind people by using his words. But instead of hearing any words, this is what he hears. <gasps> Can you imagine that? Like he's just standing there. What's happening? What's it, does he? He is. <gasps> Am I making this up? How much spit would it take to make enough mud out of dirt to cover a guy's eyes. I'm talking about, why would Jesus do that? Isn't that, do you ever like read the Bible and go, what is happening here? Here's why. This is a double helix human chain of DNA. Every cell in your body contains your DNA. And every cell has a very small tiny but complete representation of who you are in your DNA. Now, you can get DNA if you watch those crime shows. You know, like, it's in the hair, right? They drop a hair. We got them, right? It's, it's in the hair. It's in the blood. And there's a third place you can get it. Do, have any of you guys done Ancestry.com? Have any of you guys done that? So I did it, and I, I was sure that when they sent me my results, that they were just going to send me this picture and be like, this is you, man. <laughs> this is you. Aztec warrior all the way, like your chief, right? We've been looking for you because you're actually the, the chief of a tribe that we've been, right? I thought they were going to send me that. And they just said, you're like 31% this, 22%. I'm like a mutt. You know, I was so disappointed. Anyway, if you've done it, you know that they send you a tube about this big that you have to fill with spit. That's where they get your DNA is from your spit. Back to Jesus. Jesus is looking at this blind man, and he's saying, you know what your problem is? You don't have enough of me inside of you. That was good, angel. Say it again. Okay. He's looking at him, and he's looking at us. And he's saying, you know what your problem is? You don't have enough of me inside of you. 
So Jesus takes the very essence, the purest form of who he is and apply it, applies it to the areas of this guy's greatest need. In your life and in mine, this is what we need Jesus to do, to take the essence of who he is, and this is what he wants to do by the virtue of his Holy Spirit and apply it to the area of our greatest need. This is what happens next. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Now, if, if anybody spit in my eyes, even Jesus, you wouldn't have to tell me to go wash. I'd do that all by myself, right? So the man went and washed and came home seen. He goes with Jesus literally in his eyes, washes, and now he can see. So the religious leaders hated Jesus. And so they're trying to trap him. So they asked this guy, who healed you? Was it a prophet? Is he a sinner? Who is this guy? And I love this blind man's reply. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind. Now I can see. There's, he's like, I don't know about all the things that people want to argue about. I don't know about all the other world religions. I don't know why people argue about dumb theological stuff. Like, could God make a rock big enough that even he couldn't move it? I don't know about all that. But I do know this. This morning I was blind. Now I can see. The people are, go ahead. Yep. The people around you that Jesus is inviting us to look at don't care about theological arguments. They really don't. You know what they care about? My kids are out of control. My marriage is in a bad place. I have an addiction and I can't break it. That's what they care about. My finances are a mess. I can't get along with the people at work. That's what they care about. And so when you come along, you don't have to say, here's three reasons I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You don't have to do that. You know what you do? You say, my marriage was a mess. And then Jesus showed up and everything is different now. I was hopeless. I was ready to take my own life. I was bound by depression and anxiety, and then Jesus showed up, and now everything is different. My kids were a mess, and they're getting better. Everything is different. There is a lost, blind world waiting to hear, there's hope. I was blind, and then I met Jesus, and now I can see that's what this church exists to do, to tell people we were blind and now we can see. This is how it happens, through the domino effect. One life touches one life and that person touches one life and the entire front range is different because one person says, okay, God, I'm gonna focus on others. I'll focus on the fields that are ready to be harvested. We don't do a lot of blind advertising here at this church. We, we've done it, we've done some ads, we've run some ads, whatever, and they're okay, and we've, you know, maybe someone found us through those, but I would be willing to bet that 95% of this room, you're here because somebody invited you, because somebody said, you should check this church out. The pastor looks exactly like Mario Lopez and The Rock had a baby. You know what I mean? That wasn't a, a joke. Okay, anyway. Somebody invited you. They said, hey, I see what's going on in your life. I don't, I don't know all the answers, but I, you should check out my church. That's how this works. That's how it happens, is one person touches one person, 
touches one person, touches one person, and before we know it, Greeley and Northern Colorado are different. The gospel changes everything. That's how this works. So, and, and I know that's how this works because, so la last Sunday, we had 755 people in church. I don't know what we have today. We had about seven, 755 was the number last week. By the way, I look at numbers. I know some people are like, you know, those big churches, all they care about are numbers. I'm like, you're right. Because every number is a story and every number is a person and every person's a life and we care about every single person. So let me finish with this. In 1 Kings chapter 20, there's this king named Ahab and a prophet comes up and talks to him and he starts consulting this prophet about a battle he's about to enter. So he's about to go to war and so he's asking the prophet, how is it going to go? So this is what happens. Meanwhile, a prophet came to Ahab, king of Israel, and announced, this is what the Lord says. Do you see this vast army? I will give it into your hand today. Then you will know that I am the Lord. That sounds pretty good, right? This army against you, your enemy, I'm going to give them into your hand. Imagine the thing that you've been hoping for. Some Jesus shows up and he says, hey, that kid that you're struggling with, I'm going to turn it around today. Your, your finances, I'm going to turn things around today. Your work situation, I'm turning it around today. That's what we see happening right here, okay? So, so today, everything's changing. But Ahab asked for a little more clarification. And who will start the battle, the king asked. And the prophet answered, you will. You go first. Yes, you, if you go first, when you do your part, God's going to do his part. In other words, who's going to tip over the first domino? Ahab says, the, king, the prophet says, you are. You go first. You want to see your situation change? You take a step. You want to see your, your world different? You go first. If we go first, God is going to do his part. I've seen this happen over and over and over in northern Colorado. I've seen it happen over and over and over in this church. So I've been carrying this little domino around with me all week. Had it in my pocket. And every time I, I reach for something and pull it out, I feel it. God has reminded me the decisions you're making right now are going to have effects on other people. They're going to have far-reaching effects on your family, your kids, your marriage, this church, the people you love, the people you work with. Every decision we make has effects. So as you leave today, I have a domino for every one of you. Would you carry it around just this week? Just stick it in your pocket or in your purse or something. Just carry it around, and every time you look at it, would you say, okay, God, how do I do this to advance the kingdom? What step do you want me to start with? How do you want me to start the battle? What do you want me to do first? If you'll carry that around with you just for this week, uh, here's one very simple thing you could do uh, this week. So next Sunday, we're starting our, our series at the movies, and we do this every year. We take uh, different movies. We look at the spiritual lessons that they teach us, and we connect it to the gospel and to the Bible. Jesus did this a lot. He told parables and stories and connected them to, with spiritual lessons, so we're going to be doing that. So uh, the movies we're doing, we're doing A Man Called Otto. That's next week. Uh, great movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a good movie. And then we were going to do Flaming Hot, but we can't get the DVD in time.
give it up for Benji and Ben and whoever else is making this happen. So we're going to have uh, Spider-Man here in our, in our foyer taking pictures and stuff. A very simple way that you can invite someone to church. The other the movies are, we're doing Super Mario Brothers, Peaches, 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 Peaches. Okay, that one. Um, we're doing Rocky. I don't know which Rocky. There's like nine of them, so I'll figure it out by then. And then we're going to end with E.T. And um, so, uh, and if you've been here before, it's so fun. We do giveaways and we have uh, a ba photo backdrop. It's a lot of fun. It's a very fun way to, to do church. If you've ever been here for it, then you know um, what, maybe you have a friend and their kid loves Spider-Man. You could say, hey, at my church, uh, you should come and bring your son because he's going to get to meet Spider-Man. And who knows what God will do in that person's life because one domino fell over. Would you consider doing that this week? Would you pray about that this week? If we all do this, lives will be changed. As a matter of fact, today, we have a couple of folks who are going to get baptized. That is the ultimate outward demonstration of placing my faith in Christ. We don't believe here at Mosaic that baptism saves you, but it's a command that Jesus gives, and it's the next step in your, in your declaration of faith. So you can give your life to Christ. You can commit your life to Christ very privately, very by, on your own, by yourself. But baptism is when we're telling the world I am a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Christ. So uh, when you get baptized, the picture is we, we, we put someone completely underwater because you can't survive underwater very long. And so the, the imagery that the Bible gives is when a person goes down in the water and they come up, the old person stays down there dead and a new person comes back to life. So when we baptize people here, uh, we, don't, we don't golf clap. You know what I mean? We're not like, oh, this is wonderful. Yay. We don't do that. We pretend that the Broncos actually won a game, and we get so excited because there's someone who was blind, and now they can see, and we celebrate with all of heaven. So when these guys get baptized, would you raise the roof and let them know how happy you are for them? Now, uh, we have, I don't know how many, three or four maybe. So would you stand and sing this last song with us, and we'll get ready for those baptisms.
Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that you sent him to die on a cross for my sins. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. I ask you to wash away my sin. Make me new and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. before you um, go in the water. Can you tell us your name? Kiara. Kiara, are you a follower of Christ? Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to say? All right, go ahead and have a seat. Plug your nose with one hand. By your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Congratulations. Hi, friend. What's your name? Robert. Robert, how old are you? Amazing. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Can you tell us your name? My name is Dusty. Dusty, are you a follower of Christ? I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Congratulations. Hi, can you tell us your name? Uh, Hannah Semitol. Hi, Hannah. Are you a follower of Christ? Absolutely. No, that's it. It's warm. We, we heat it, yes. Everybody's always surprised. Go and scoot up just a little more. Hannah, by your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Congratulations. Can you tell us your name? Jordan. Jordan, are you a follower of, our, follower of Christ? Yes, I am. I am so excited. Like <laughs> your notes. By your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. 
Congratulations. I always hate when I have to do baptisms because then I'm emotional at the end. <laughs> I just have a couple quick announcements and then you guys can be dismissed. Um, number one, uh, don't forget, like Angel said, that at the movies, grab a couple of these little cards and pass them out this week on your way out the door. Uh, tonight is worship night, uh, so at 7 o'clock we meet in here and we just get to worship together for one hour. It is a great way to just end your month and get started for the next month, and I really encourage you all to show up for that tonight. Um, and last, we have a couple buckets out in the foyer for candy for our uh, trunk or treat. We usually have about 1,500 or more kids that come through, so we could really use your help making sure we have enough candy for all those kiddos. And last, we're going to finish our service with our giving. Um, what you do right now, like Angel said, makes an impact on the world, honestly. It, it, not just here in our community, but all over our country and all over the world. So I just ask that you remain faithful with what God has called you to give. And there's four ways up there that you can give. Um, I'm going to ask everyone to pray with me over this morning's time. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for a generous church, Lord. Thank you for the hearts of Mosaic, that that this, we know that this is a domino in our lives, God, that what we do today, the decisions we make today around our finances will make an impact, not only here in our, in our city, but all over the world, Lord. Um, God, I pray as everyone leaves today, Lord, that they would just be filled with your spirit, that they would leave here different today, God, that they just, that your word spoke to them today, Lord. Thank you for, for being in this place with us. Um, and God, I just pray that we would just see an abundance of, of friends and family come next week, Lord, so that we can touch more lives in our community. In your name we pray. Amen. And lastly, we do have an, a prayer team up front. If you need extra prayer, please come up and join them. And we'll see you next week.